Yo, yo. It is 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. So you guys know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. We did it a little different today. Um, we pride ourselves on being honest here. And uh, we're going to bring you guys a Wednesday episode as best as we know how. Um, this last calendar month has been pretty difficult for my family for various reasons. Um, I lost a god sister today. Um, rest in peace to her. Rest in peace, Evelyn. Um, I've mentioned her on here. I actually mentioned her recently this summer. Um, when I would come in and I would have the the when my my hair was braided, but it was a certain style. It was like six rows in the front, but it was four in the back. Uh, that was Evelyn's handiwork. So I'm gonna try to get through this entire show without uh letting it trickle in too much. But if I do think of a story randomly, I will tell one. Um, Evelyn had a thing I told her I was like I'm gonna get like a bunch of people like from school because they always ask me who does my hair and if Caprice doesn't do it it's it's Evelyn shout out to my auntie Lisa for starting it and um, I told her I was like I'm gonna get some people to to come get their hair done get their hair braided or whatever the case may be and she had to let me know she was like don't do that <laughs> I was like why and she was like, because honestly, I don't like doing hair. I just do it for family. I don't really care to do hair. And um, as I said before, it's been a difficult time for my family in general. Um, but it was good to see a lot of the stories coincide in a lot of the things that I felt. Like I said before, um, anything that I've done uh, and that I was going to do, it, it it seemed as if Evelyn was never going to miss one. So um, not starting with any music today. Um, I don't think we're going to end with any music today. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But it's been, a, it's been a day. It's been a day for sure. I, I thought about canceling the show. Um, and I decided that we were going to try to push through as best as possible. With that said, we're going to... Uh, See how far along we get in this show and um go from there. We got some pretty some pretty heavy topics I think to, I think to get to. We got some uh local news as always. We have something that Celine wanted to do and I'm really excited to do it talking about the pigskin pickum. Um why does pigskin sound like we shouldn't say it? Yeah, I don't like it. I've never really I, I just don't like it actually. So. It just it feels weird even when I say it. It's like mm, I don't think it should be allowed. Yeah, I don't know if we should say that word anymore. I'm not even going to say it anymore. Uh, I'm going to say it by the end of the show. Watch. Just so you know. Uh, but we do have local news. We do have the pick em to get to, the NFL pick em. Uh We got some UNLV sp football to talk about, some UNLV sp uh, sports to talk about. I'm excited. I'm excited. As I said before, I'm going to try to get through this the best way I know how. Um, what I will say is Evelyn – if you knew anything about her, she let you know relatively early that she was a Leo. So 
this lion means a little a little something different on my chest now. Um, we'll start with my mom's tipping. Obviously, considering so much stuff that she's gone through recently, for her to lose a goddaughter, and if, if the funny thing is too about just god siblings, god kids, whatever the case may be. Oftentimes, it's somebody who's not related to you, which is the reason why you give them that title. Evelyn was already my cousin. And. Blood cousin. Blood cousin. Yeah. And she asked my mom to be her godmom. And you wouldn't think that a regular cousin bond would get any closer after that day, but sure enough, it did. Um. So these tip-ins from my mom makes a little bit of sense now that you kind of got that you guys kind of know that. My silence is just another word for my pain. That's the first one. The second one is, in the end, some of your greatest pain becomes your greatest strength. Um, I'm just gonna say prayers to my family once again, prayers to Coriana, prayers to uh, day day prayers to Sharon, prayers to Tanya, prayers to James, prayers to Michael, just prayers to 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 all of my family, to everybody. Um, I had mentioned earlier this summer too, I believe in May, that uh we had lost uh my cousin Lessie. Um, Lessie was Evelyn's mother. So, a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, a lot of moods. Um, I don't know how we're going to get through it, but I know we'll do it together. Um, I like my mom's tip in to kind of start off, and I think this is a good time, especially in this first hour, to get majority, if not all, of the local news addressed. I want to start with the Aviators, then we'll go to Aces, and then we'll probably close out this first hour by talking about some UNLV football. Um, have you been following the Aviators by any chance, Delaney? Of course not, right? Nah. Because you're trying to switch your allegiance to the New Orleans baby cakes, correct? So, unfortunately, the New Orleans baby cakes, and I hate to say this, they don't exist. <laughs> no, like, actually, they're, they're not a team anymore. They're the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, right? Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Whatever. Do you know that um, we were in <laughs> – shout out to the aviators. We were in a press box one day, and we're sitting there, and we're like, what's a baby cake? Like, is that a real thing? And sure enough, we looked it up, and there, it is a real thing. I guess it's food in New Orleans. It's like a play on words. but like, like It's a couple of different meanings in New Orleans, all of which don't make sense to you unless you're in New Orleans. Um, yeah, but that's something – that's all minor league teams, I feel like. Yeah. But I t- did I tell you my brother uh, reached out and asked me if I knew about the Inland Empire 66ers, I think, or something like that. And I looked at my phone and I said, fam, I couldn't know anything less about them. Do they play baseball? Like, I'm guessing it's that. And my brother was like, yeah, they're, they're a part of the Angels organization. You got me? <laughs> I said, I wouldn't know. Shout out to them. Um, but I guess the good thing about minor league baseball is that you literally, I should say literally, but you probably have baseball in every state. 
I'm pretty sure you have baseball in every state, and because there's so many minor league teams, you probably got it in a couple of different spots in the state. Look at Florida. Um, This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Unfortunately, we got to start with something that's not too fun in terms of the Aviators. The Aviators lost four of six on the road to the Sugarland Skeeters. It's it's hey man, I'm telling you. Uh, you think they're gonna change their name? Should they? Yeah. Will they? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Especially since it's minor league baseball, I'm gonna go about ninety percent no, not changing it. Not changing it. At least for ten years. When it's all said and done and you know, and we look back at the American Empire hundreds of years from now, people are gonna look back and just think of like minor league baseball team names as one of the more gentler forms and more Quirky forms of empire. <laughs> Is that that's what you think of it now, isn't it? Yeah. You're ahead of everybody else. I like it. Well, what are you gonna do, <laughs> Salim? I want to take you through this series because. <clears throat> do you want to hear the numbers after my analysis or the analysis before? I mean, or the uh, analysis after the numbers? Numbers after the analysis or analysis after the numbers? Um, surprise me. All right, cool. Let me get the numbers. The Aviators lost four of six on the road in Sugarland. But what if I told you that four of those games mm-hmm. had a combined game total of five runs or less? What if I also told you that four of those games were decided by a single run? What if I went ahead and added one more stat to that? And I told you that no game was decided by more than two runs. What would you say? Sounds like September baseball. Hmm. I didn't know what that answer was going to be, but I really like that answer. Because you know what I got? I feel like my response is what I expect. Excuse me, is what I expected from you. No room for moral victories in this sense. You just said it. It's September baseball, and no matter how close all of these games were, you had two up and four down. And on top of that, the Aviators lost the final three games of this series, which means that they are heading into this home series against Reno on a three-game losing streak. Do you want to hear my analysis now? It's quite simple. Please, give me the analysis. This series started on Thursday, correct? This this series started without Chris Davis, who was called up to the Oakland A's on Wednesday. Does the Aviators' lack of power make a little more sense now? Yeah, I think so. Sorry to cut you off. I think so, yeah. We've seen it happen a couple of times this year. When Frank Swindell got called up to the majors, the Aviators went through a stretch where they were shut out a couple of times. So as you said before, this is September baseball, but this isn't a good look for a team that's trying to fight for the postseason, still actively fighting in a division where it's still very very much so up in the, up in the air. I find it hard to believe that Fran Reardon is happy at all 
leaving Texas. It seems like this has been the story all season long, but Celine, what if I told you that the Aviators are still in third place of the AAA West? The Western Division of the AAA West, I should say. They currently sport a 58-50 and 50 record. Celine, here's the interesting part, and I think you'll like this part. They're six games out of first place and four games out of second. However, those two teams in the top spots have swapped locations. The Seattle Mariners AAA affiliate, the Tacoma Rainiers, are now first place in the Western Division of the AAA West. That is a team that the Las Vegas Aviators had, I believe, twice. I could be wrong. But on two separate occasions, they welcomed Tacoma into Las Vegas with the chance to take over the second spot in the division. And the team fell short both times in the series, couldn't even get a split. That team is now in first place, and the Reno Aces are now in second place. And that's the second place team who's pretty much been leading the division all year long. We followed it. And that same Reno Aces team will be here in Vegas tomorrow morning as they get ready to do battle and start a six-game series. For the Aces, it'll be a road series. For your aviators, it'll be a home series. And that will take place, and that will tilt off. I almost said tip off, but it'll tilt on Thursday, September 9th, which is tomorrow, of course. First pitch set for 7.05. Do I have anything else for the, for the aviators? No. Aviators, no, because of Chris Davis. Chris Davis is in the majors again. Um... I'm going to be honest, Salim. Do you think – I guess I'll ask you this one question and we'll get out of here. Do you think that with three weeks left in the season, maybe two weeks left in the season, I need to double check, can the Aviators muster up enough power? Because it seems like their pitching is getting better as we're going down the, stri- down the stretch. But their bats – they're bats. They're, they're cold bats in certain moments. Do you think that they have enough time to make up room in this Western Division? Probably not. What is probably not? They don't get out of third place, or they do they get up to second place? How close do they get? How far are they out of first? Six games out. And how many games are left in the season? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. I like it. I like it. I like it. And let me go to my app, see all upcoming games. Beautiful. So we have the Reno series at six. Yeah, so 12 games left. And then we have a home series against uh – oh, maybe I'm tripping. It might be three series left, Celine. So, yeah, that's 18 games. Six games back and 18 games. It's not impossible. It's not too likely. Uh, what about how far are they out of second again? Four games out. That's more realistic. The only way that that would be realistic is, Celine, we've seen that this happen so many times, and this is something that we need to pay close attention to. 
this team is four games out of second place mm-hmm. and welcoming the second place team into Las Vegas ballpark. This team, at the very least, needs a 4-2 split. Or a 4-2 series win, I should say. We'll see if it happens. I think Fran Reardon, uh, at least in what I've learned from him, he likes these big moments. Um, and we talk about it all the time. Baseball is such a long season, and you go through all the ups and downs throughout the full typical 162 games if you're at the major league level. I believe it's 152 if you're at the uh, minor league level. It's all that emotion and all of that hectic chaos going on throughout the season. Only for every single year, Celine, we get down to this time in baseball, fall baseball, and we look around. And still 50% of teams have something to play for. It's the beautiful thing about baseball. I mean, the other half. I mean, <laughs> some teams are out by May. <laughs> but <sighs> I had so much to say about a team, and I'm not going to do it. Because it doesn't even – what is that? Because I really th- – I'm so serious. The Angels have a hold on me that I know they're no good for me. And I find every opportunity to throw a cheap shot. Every one. Every one. This is pain, isn't it? Well, you do it to yourself. I got to eventually one day be like Tyler in his New York Giants and say no more. I keep saying it, I've said it, and then every time I watch really an Angel game, that. I'm like, damn. He really did that shit. He he did it. And Good he and the funny thing is, if you tell Tyler, like, nah, you're still a, a, a giant fan, Tyler will look you in the face and say, hit. No, I'm not. <laughs> I admire that. And he gets right back to being serious. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm not doing it anymore. I think the only way I'd stop being a Dolphins fan, at least right now, because I'm sure there's many ways they can eventually make that happen. They haven't done it already. If they trade for Deshaun Watson, I think I'm good for right now. Like I can understand that because yeah, like the jury's the jury stood out. No jury, point. And not only that, like it's like I'm very much good on that right now. Yeah, and a lot of people, um, Sarah Spain actually might have said it, and we're gonna get to football obviously in the second hour. That uh, Tua Tagovailoa was on her top five AFC quarterbacks with pressure on him. How much pressure did he have on him in the first year? <laughs> it's just so unfair to be Tua right now. Coming off almost career-ending injury. Mm. You might want to save that for the second hour because I'm going to let you flame them with that. Because we, right, we've we'll had this conversation we'll before. We'll save it, but it's so crazy to me. Like, he's like 22 years old. <laughs> I think he's like 22, 23. And people are trying to say that he's no good. He's washed. He's out of here. Um. Yeah, he just turned 23 a few months ago. Tua did. Uh-huh. I don't know why I almost said Duna. I, Tua, Duna, I don't know. Get well soon, Duna. Get well soon. Um, No, it's not COVID, guys. Mind your business. Um, Aces. Had to make sure we didn't have anything else in terms of ba- uh, basketball or baseball, I should say. We should talk some basketball right now. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in the clubhouse, and I didn't do this because of uh the way I started this show, but I think this is a good time to do it. It's about 10, 20, but in case you did not know, 
The Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. This hotel was the largest in the world for nearly a decade. If you guys want to come visit us, please do so at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. <coughs> Appreciate you, Ev. I just started floating during that one. That was that, that felt like an outer body reading for a moment, it, and, and it just kind of took over. So I appreciate whoever just helped me with that. Um, <clears throat> Aces. What if I told you that Aces exercised at least one demon tonight? Would you believe me? Did you watch the game? Nah, man. I, I Bet. So I like the question. If I told you that the Aces exercised one of their demons tonight, would you believe me? Sure. I don't have any reason not to believe you. Maybe you could tell me if they did it or not. The Las Vegas Aces hosted the Minnesota Lynx, a team that they are 0-2 against this year. The Aces came away with a 102-81 to victory. I believe they were up by as many as 25 points in the game. Guard Jackie Young set a new career high with 29 points. Get this. She also added 10 rebounds to her total. Now that's good. 29 and 10 from your former number one overall pick. This is in a game where Liz Cambage still did not play after being uh, after having a positive test for COVID. But the team did get De'Erica Hamby back, who did star for the team off the bench. Asia Wilson chipped in with 20 points. Chelsea Gray added 14 assists. Ooh, I like that. This Las Vegas Aces team looked like they were cooking with, 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 with grease tonight. What did they say? Cooking with grease, cooking with fire, whatever it is. I think it's cooking with grease. Um, why should it be oil or something crazy? Uh, what if I told you, and I need to make sure I get this name right, because I don't want to pronounce this name wrong at all. Okay. Now I'm not I'm not gonna pronounce the first name because I think I've done it before and I don't want to be wrong. But the Minnesota Lynx were playing without guard. I'ma try it. Laisha. And I could be wrong and I feel like I might have just butchered it, but I'm so I'm not saying it twice. Clorendon, who was the team's best perimeter defender. Does that make you look at Jackie Young's 29 points a little bit differently? No. Should it? No. I like it. Both of these games prior, or both games prior to tonight, were overtime losses for the Aces. To lose twice to a team in overtime, but the one win that you have is over 20 points. Who has the momentum if the two were to meet in the postseason? Repeat that for me. <coughs> the Minnesota Lynx mm -hmm. have two wins over the Aces this year. Yes. Both in overtime. Okay. At full strength. At full strength. The Aces have one win against the Lynx this year of a 20-point variety, 20-plus point variety, and they're without with their best perimeter defender. In that game. In that game. If they were to play each other in the postseason, who has the momentum heading in? 
Mm. I think it would just really come down to like the series before that or the game, like the where game they're at. Because I think that you can't even tell. Regular season, I mean, I don't watch obviously as much WNBA as I do with NBA, but I can tell you like NBA. If I, if the NBA will show you anything, it's that regular season matchups don't really mean a lot when it comes to the playoffs. I believe that we can look at that first round NBA playoff series between the New York Knicks and the Hawks, where I believe the Hawks were beaten in the regular season. They may have been swept in the regular season, only to give the Knicks a gentleman sweep in the first round of the, play- the, the postseason and did it handily. Mm-hmm. Shout out to JC. Shout Playoff JC might be a thing. No, if I go to New York, I hope I can visit Trey Young's house. Garden? Yes. As long as you know it's the garden. No, but I, say, I think it's pretty easy to find that. I've been to the garden a couple that. times, actually. Have you? Oh, yeah. I've walked by the garden, and I'm not going to hold you. Like, it's – I went to it see – It does uh, it to you. In, like, 2011, I went to a New York Rangers game. Oh, how was that? It was awesome. It was Rangers against Islanders. Amazing experience. Oh, yeah, no, in. it was awesome. It was, like, 10 years ago. And then I went to New York a few Did years ago. Did you see ago. a fight? No. They didn't do it right for you, but continue. <laughs> um – and then, like, a few years ago, there was, like, some weird college basket. I don't know what it was. I still, to this day, I don't understand. At Madison Square Garden? It was at Madison Square Garden. It wasn't, like, college games. I think it was just, like, some practice that they held open for the public. Okay. I was in New York, and, like, well, I went to visit family in Jersey, and they were busy all day, so I, w- I just went to New York. I took the bridge. Uh-huh. And I was just, like, walking by, and it said, like, yeah, like, some teams are practicing or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. I'm I coming. Just, I just went inside. I was like, how much is it? They're like, it's free. Okay. So I just sat down and just watched. I don't like St. John's or something. I don't know. It was some. Shout out to Dwayne Poley, uh, a Westchester product that's also a St. John's product. So might as well do that. I think that was like a fever dream. I still don't understand what that was. I was there and I didn't understand what it was. (laughs) But you but you took it all in. Oh, yeah. And me and Salim, just let you guys know a little bit about what me and Salim talk about in the back uh, behind the scenes and kind of behind everybody. At one point or another, me and Salim are going to live in New York. Yeah. If I don't live Just in New York, guys know that. if I do end up staying in this uh, sinking hole of an empire country, I do want to eventually live in New York. New York or Detroit. I like it. Um, possibly Philadelphia. Philly's interesting. I've never been to Philly, but I want to go. I was there when I was seven. Really? You, you're, you're well-traveled. Across the U.S. Well traveled. I like that. Well, like you said, well, across the U.S. I've been to, uh, and then I drove here from Florida, so I like I got to see a lot of the country. New Mexico is amazing, by the way. I we had this conversation, Beautiful, I think, before gorgeous, about New Mexico. Gorgeous. Um, I know one thing that is gorgeous, and especially when you talk about uh, New Mexico, and we've mentioned Arizona before, and we're mentioning another one here in the Valley by talking about. Las Vegas, the Aces get to stay home. So they get to stay here. They get to host the Dallas Wings on Monday, September 13th. And in case you're wondering why that sounds weird, yes, guys, that is the day that the Raiders open their regular season against the Baltimore Ravens. We will inform you guys a little bit more on that in the second hour. But so you can catch both of these games, the Aces will be tipping off at 12 p.m. from the Michelob Ultra Arena, which means when that game is over, you should have more than enough time to get down to Allegiant Stadium and catch the Raiders taking on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. 
I don't know why I almost said Baltimore Orioles. That was really going to kill the vibe in here. Can you tell me who the worst team in baseball is right now? It's got to be the Diamondbacks, right? Nineteen losing nineteen road games in a row is is tough. So I, I they're up there, but I think Pittsburgh is they're not they're not hot. At a certain point, man, we we'll we don't have time today. We'll cover another day. But like, I remember we were talking about payrolls once. I was giving yes. you the numbers for payrolls and like just the difference between like the Dodgers, Yankees, and Red Sox, and then like the Pirates, Marlins, and uh, who else is the Rays and stuff like that? I was that. just going to say the only team that's good with low payroll is the Rays. And that's always the thing that people bring up. Oh, but the Rays are good. The one team. That means their scouting is unbelievable. It's out of this world, and we don't but talk they, about it. They always enough. bring that's, – that's my point. They always, like, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter because, look, the Rays are good. And it's like, okay. Doesn't happen often. Yeah, you know. Uh, but worst team, let's – and then we'll get to this Aces record. Ooh, the Diamondbacks are forty-five and ninety-five. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Just repeat that. Forty-five wins, ninety-five losses. Okay, continue. Okay. Uh, the Orioles are one game ahead of them, forty-five and ninety-three. Just because they've played less games. Salim, I have to ask you a question, man. We've both played sports before. Mm-hmm. When you're 50 games under 500, yeah, I don't know about the coach or the manager in this case. Practice is going to be one of two things, <laughs> and it's so far on the, on the spectrum. It's so far. I wish. Either practice is going to be a breeze. I wish a manager, like a first base coach, <laughs> would tell me, like, I'm two minutes late to practice. <laughs> After in spring training in May, I was showing up every single day, an hour <laughs> early, hitting. And now we're 50 games under 500. You know how bad you got to be? as a di- Like, the Diamondbacks are five games behind the Pittsburgh Pirates. Five games behind the, pi- I, the I, Pirates? I apologize to the Pirates, pirates for thinking that you were the worst and team. Pirates are 50 and 90. I apologize, Pirates. Miami is 58 and 81. They're 13 and a half games ahead of the Diamondbacks. Pittsburgh's over the over-under to start the year. I, no, I think their over-under was like 54 something. 56. Was it? I think it was in the early 50s. We got to go figure this out because we said we were going to pay attention to it throughout the course of the season. Of course, that was March. But well, they played 140 games. They have 22 left. They could still win 55. I mean, no, they're, they're – they're Be careful. <laughs> Choose your words, Gary. <laughs> I'm not doing it there. They're at 50 and 90? 50 and 90 with uh, – 22 games 22 left? 22 games left. They'll get to 56. They'll do it. They can go 6 and 16. They still get to 56. That can They'll happen, do yeah. it. They'll do it. Wh- who are the series against? Can you just click on that and just tell yeah, me yeah, that? Let me check this and then I'm done, and I promise Las Vegas Aces, I promise you guys, we're getting back to you. The reason why we're not harping on the Aces so much right now is because the postseason starts on September 23rd. Hold so on. Wait, we have talking some, about something. The Marlins and the Nationals are both tied at 58 and 81. Is that for third place in the Central? Or in the East, excuse me. Uh, No, it would be fifth. They're tied for fifth or fourth, I guess. What am I looking at? What am I looking at? What am I looking at? Oh, the Mets are third. 
Okay, there we go. Confusion. So let's see. I'm going to go to Pittsburgh Pirates right now. Shout out to Atlanta for still sitting at the top of the division after the loss to Ronald Acuna Jr. Man, that's he's so fun to watch. Hey, I I get Shohei, and I'm this is not Angel hate. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the best players to watch in baseball. So uh, Pittsburgh has a series against Washington. Okay. Cincinnati. No. Your Miami Marlins. Cincinnati. Okay. No. Philadelphia. No. Which is a four-game. Uh, it's four losses. <laughs> three against Chicago. Which one? Uh, the Cubs, sorry. Okay. And three against Cincinnati. No. They have three series against Cincinnati left? Yeah. That's not going to go well at all. And a four-game. Against uh, Philly. That's not going to go well either. Yeah. How many losses is that? That would be 13 if they lost all of those. Yeah, and then they got. And nine. I'm not gonna hold you, man. Your Marlins are still your Marlins. I don't, I don't know. Your Marlins have played the Reds kind of close recently, so I think you guys' series might make or break that that number of. 56. By the way, I'm looking at tickets for the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates Marlins game. You want to go? Let's go. Six dollars minimum. Hey, we could take the whole staff. We could. We can go. Flights included. Like we might be able to do that. Uh-huh. I kind of like it. Salim, we're don't worry about it. We we can't tell everybody what we're doing, but just know it's coming. Um, <coughs> we're watching Game Five of the 2002 Western Conference Finals here in the uh, clubhouse, and they just recapped Robert Ory's first four games in this series. He had 18 points in the first one, 20 rebounds in the second one, six assists in the third one, and he hit the game-winning buzzer beater in Game Four. Big shot, Bob. The definition of it. These are the reasons why we call him that. Seven rings? Seven of them with three different franchises. He has both in Houston. He has three of the Lakers three-peat, and he has back-to-back in San Antonio. It's so crazy to me that, like. I lie. He has one in 05 in San Antonio and one in 07 in San Antonio. They're not back-to-back. Apologize. Bill Russell having a left. Like, thinking about the fact that you could have all your NBA rings and, like, you'd have to, like, keep one at home. Like when you go out for the day? I believe – look up the stat for me. My dad gave me the stat if you can. Ron Harper, I believe, if I recall correctly, played in five or six straight NBA finals. And it, I may be shorting him significantly because he has the last he – got, he got Jordan's last three, and I believe that he has Shaq and Kobe's first two. At least their first one. Okay, let me look. And I believe he played for the – no, that couldn't have been him. But anyway, he played in about five – four or five straight NBA finals. He has five titles. So that's five straight NBA finals, at least. Yeah. Um. No. That's five. Because 90, the 95 uh, NBA finals was Shaq and Akeem. Yeah, that okay, that one yeah, no. But then he, 95 96 96 97 97 98 all bulls. 3 98 99 no, they were bad. Then 99 to 2000 with the Lakers. So it wasn't straight. Okay. It was broken up, but he has five titles. You know what? I want to go back and check then. 
how many conference? We don't have to do it in a second, but I wonder how many conference finals he's been to straight. Because oh. he, he, he has a crazy stat somewhere in there, and I got to find he it. He played now. like 15, 14, 15 years. That's See? Probably. And he's in always probably playing for a winning team or a team that's not too far from contending. Similar to this Las Vegas Aces team, who's 21 and 8 on the year. They're second in the WNBA right now. Celine, what if I told you with three games left, this Las Vegas Aces team is only a game and a half out of first place behind the Connecticut Sun? In addition to that, they sport a 12 and 3 record at home. I mean, we talked about it before the season. This is like an hour never sort of thing for this, like current iteration of the team we talked about brady saying that he got covid in february right yeah we talked about that on the podcast you guys should go listen to that yes episode four you're, you're good at this mm. episode 44 is it 44 i think it's 44 <laughs> episode 44 tetris tetris is out shout out to capri shout out to the od shout out to the od podcast um I don't know why this person keeps calling me. I don't like it. And it's getting on my nerves. Um, we'll have a talk with them later. Yeah, we, we may have to. We, we might have to do that. So, anywho, let's go ahead and get off of that. But this game, or this team is a game and a half out of first place. And the interesting thing is a lot of people may think, oh, this doesn't mean much, this doesn't mean much, doesn't mean much. Let's say that the Connecticut Sun and the Las Vegas Aces meet up in the post or in the uh, WNBA finals. The Las Vegas Aces already don't have any wins against this team. The Las Vegas Aces are going to want home court advantage. The interesting thing is Diana Taurasi has had an up and down year this year because of injury. She's still in Phoenix with Brittany Griner, who's, Probably in her prime. The scariest part is, Celine, if this isn't the first year of her prime, it's probably only her second. And then you have Skylar Diggins-Smith that's learning from who I believe is the greatest WBA player of, of all time in Diana Taurasi. Phoenix is not going to be an easy out. This Minnesota Lynx team is not going to be an easy out. And why have we went through this entire segment without naming or even mentioning the reigning world champions in the Seattle Storm? This WNBA postseason, Salim, I know we talk about it a lot and we talk about how good these postseasons are. Salim, I need you to watch every single game from this WNBA postseason. I will. I'm going to try my best. I'm actually going to send you links to make sure that you watch them. Because they're – the it's funny the thing job is – man. Like, talk to me. It's the job site. That's the – True. That's the thing that sucks about having a, a job that, like – the schedule changes so much because it's a hotel industry. I miss out on so much sports, and, like, that's the most important thing. Like, I don't feel like family obligations and stuff. Like, I want to sit in front of my TV and <laughs> watch. The go to nice lose, I, I know. Well, I can give or take that. But I want to watch basketball. I wanna, like, it, life is too short, bro. 100% it is. Um, I'm gonna die one day. I already mentioned that they're twelve and three at home. The Aces are right. I don't know if that's the best home record in the league, but it is something to pay attention to, especially considering that that would make this team nine and five on the road. <clears throat> what do we have? Twenty minutes left. 
And let's talk about what game is coming up. Let's talk about what game is coming up first, and then we'll get into the uh, weekly press conference from UNLV football that took place on Monday. Shout out to Sam Gordon for uh, keeping us updated with that. <coughs> Excuse me. On Twitter, uh, uh, of course, as always. Um, <laughs> people are really texting me, and it's bothering me. It's really starting to irritate me. This For the people who ask me so many times why when they call, they go straight to voicemail, my phone sits on Do Not Disturb for reasons like this. That's why. Um... <coughs> Celine, things don't get any easier for UNLV football. Mm. Hey, Coach Marcus Arroyo said that. Oh, and by the way, we didn't get some of those clips posted from early from Sunday show because so much was going on. We're still posting that because they need to be heard. <laughs> Period. Both of those just still need to be heard. But <clears throat> he mentioned after the loss to Eastern Washington, season opening loss to Eastern Washington, that things don't get any easier for UNLV football. No. No, they don't. At the time that he said that, he knew that Arizona State was next on the list for UNLV football. However, at the time, they didn't have a number next to their name. And now they do. When UNLV goes to Sun Devil Stadium to play the Arizona State Sun Devils, they will be – not only on the road against a ranked team, they will be on the road against the 23, excuse me, the 23rd ranked team in the nation. So then you want to have some fun? Always. I really think you're going to enjoy this. And I don't know why, aside from the fact that you're the guy that you are. So, <clears throat> I'm on ESPN. And I'm reading about the AP Top 25. Would you like to hear what, and I didn't even realize they had his name, so let's read it. Would you like to hear what Kyle Bonagura had to say about the Arizona Sun Devils? Actually, I lied. They were 25 before, so they just moved up two spots in the ranking. They were the last ranked team, and now they're 25th. Would you like to hear what Kyle had to say? Who is Kyle? Kyle must be a very, very important person because he's writing about the Arizona Sun, the uh, yeah, the Arizona State Sun Devils on ESPN. My guess would be that he covers the Sun Devils. Okay, that's my guess. Well, that's good. And he doesn't. He covers college football for ESPN, so that's who he is. Shout out to you, Kyle. Awesome. <sighs> I'm gonna try to find my way to pick through this and take my my, 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 my correct pauses. You ready? Finding my way downtown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After opening the season with the win against FCS foe, Southern Utah, the Sun Devils get UNLV, a team that lost to Eastern Washington, in parentheses, another FCS team, in its opener. That's the first sentence. Do you have any problem with that? No. All facts, right? Tell me how you feel about this. Sentence number two says, UNLV shouldn't provide much of a challenge, which makes it hard not to look ahead to the trip at BYU the following week. How do you feel about that now? 
you know, when teams, uh, you know, run up the score on other teams, it can be rude. And the, the classic uh, response to that is, well, then stop them from scoring. Yeah. And yeah, and it's true. But I think it even holds more water here. Like, if you don't want to get criticized like that, then don't lose to Eastern Washington at home. Hmm. And essentially, let's be real, you're a real home opener in a new stadium. Like, like I said before, it, it took me a little bit of time to kind of really sit with it and realize it in terms of uh, watching how it played out. I just saw a number that really kind of threw me off. But I think it's very unfair. And I'm going to shout out a, a former UNLV Rebel right now. Shout out to Justice Oluwashun, who was named the starting Sorry. right tackle starting right for tackle. the University of Miami. The one thing that I have an issue with is that Miami came into the season ranked 14th. They draw number one Alabama. They lose to number one Alabama. They are now 22nd. Fam, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you want me to do? I think it was less about the loss. Oh, I know what I'm about. How they lost. Okay. Oh, but nobody knows where Bryce Young is. Yeah. I, and what if Bryce Young goes the rest of the season doing this? Which then he probably will. Which he probably will. Maybe not the exact same game, but he's going to have a lot of success. I, yeah, I'm with you there. I, I just think after you lose that badly, at least they're still in the top 25. Hmm. What I will say is it was, it was awkward to me I when was I was talking about – Oh, sorry. No, I, you're good. I was thinking to myself, I was like, are they going to take them out of the top 25? Not – no, no. Not when I'm 14 and I'm playing number one. Yeah, I'm – No. I always assume that you can't drop me a certain amount of levels depending on where I'm at in the standings. If I'm playing a number one team and I'm 13 slots behind it, I can't lose 13 spots by that makes losing sense. to them. Hey, I heard somebody uh, – they were like, you know, oh, Miami didn't play uh, Alabama for 28 years. They were mm -hmm. scared. Yeah. They're scared of Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't appear to be that way. At least right now it doesn't. What I did want to say is it, it – yeah, uh, Mi Miami is it, scared of Alabama, I mean. Yeah. That's okay. You can be scared of nah, Alabama. It makes I don't sense. think that. I don't think that. I disagree for – that's – Not the players. Oh, the school. Yeah, like – The people well, who, who determine whether they play, play or not. Miami doesn't want to play Alabama. No. Who wants to play Why Alabama? Why would you want to play Alabama? There's teams in the SEC that doesn't want to play Alabama. Like, nobody looks at Alabama and is like, hell yeah. This is maybe the, some this Maybe is LSU, spot. like, a couple years. I don't know. But, but at the same time, too, when you just said that at the end of the day, UNLV did lose their season opener, I guess their official season opener, uh, or excuse me, home opener, uh, against Eastern Washington. I, I texted you guys before, right before the season started, and I told you when doing my, my UNLV preseason uh, story, I kind of – or my notes, rather. I thought I was going crazy, but I, I told you guys, like, I try to strip away everything. I always do that. I try to strip away everything. What's here? What's the what's the bones of this situation? What's the meat and potatoes of it? And I told you guys, when I looked at everything, I said, you know what is, like, cut and dry about last season? Mm. UNLV worked so hard to get into Allegiant Stadium. Only for, if I recall correctly, I believe it's UNR, San Jose State, and Wyoming. 
Does uh, Sandboard Stadium still exist, or are they tearing it down? No, it still exists. Okay. A lot of high school games are going to be played there. New Mexico played there earlier this year. I believe UNR played a home game there this year. Um, you were, oh, because of the smoke? I believe so. Yeah. So it, they're going to keep it there, if nothing else, for I high school championships. Like, yeah, I can think of another team that could probably play there. More fitting for them. No comment. Um. No, really no comment. I just find it interesting. And it may not have even been San Jose State. It may have been Boise State or something. But whether it's Boise State, Wyoming, UNR, now we're entering dangerous territory because now we are in year number two under head coach Marcus Arroyo. And Eastern Washington has a win in Allegiant Stadium before UNLV football. And they've had seven tries. Or take that back. What is that? They've had four tries. BYU has a win in this stadium. The list continues to go on and on. Um, not sure what that says about this team. Not sure what that says about this program's future, uh, especially considering that this team is already coming off of an 0-6 season. Salim, you want me to tell you, not to try to look too, too far ahead, do you want me to tell you who UNLV football plays in their next home game on September 18th from Allegiant Stadium? Hold on. Don't tell me. I like it. Is it Fresno? No. Not getting the conference yet. It's not UTSA. That's the only other game that I think we have that. I, I know it. When you mm -hmm. say it, it's going to really bother me. It, it absolutely is. We talked about it recently. It's not BYU, right? No. But we should be upset at this school because they poached somebody from us. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me. I forget. Iowa State. Iowa State. The ninth-ranked Cyclones come into Allegiant Stadium a week from Saturday. they poach somebody? All I said was a fact. <laughs> well, no, you said How you feel somebody. about it? No, you said they poached somebody. We should be upset. That's the part where Is I'm Is that like, what I said? Yeah. Oh, we did. I did say we should be upset at the school. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think you might be in order, actually. How many games did they win? Oh, dear. Was it two? It doesn't two. matter. We're talking it about their was, football team. It was two team. wins, yeah. It was two their wins. football team may have two wins <laughs> heading into Allegiant Stadium on their way to a third because that's who UNLV will, will welcome back when they get back from Arizona State. Things aren't going to get easier. And in case you guys are following the top 25 in college football, Iowa State is currently number nine. And they gave uh, – they played Iowa, right? Let me tell you. I should look that up, but Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. Okay, yeah. they beat Northern Iowa sixteen to ten. Sixteen to ten. Excuse me. That defense looked elite. I mean, it all like Iowa State's defense is always like I feel like any Big Ten team, like you're just gonna have a good defense. And I, I this is the fun part about covering sports. Shout out to Thad Daniels, Cerritos College graduate, graduate of Iowa State, DB for a couple of years. Shout out to my guy Thad. Um, I got some great stories about Thaddeus Daniels. I have some amazing stories about that young brother. Shout out to Thad. I hope he comes and does a podcast one day. That's a that's an interesting, an interesting young man there. Uh, our number two. I want to let you guys know a little bit about some stuff that was said during Monday's press conference for UNLV football. A lot of which was said by head coach Marcus Arroyo. 
and his starting quarterback for this return game against Arizona State. And I'll let you guys know a little bit about that. We're going to talk about a fantasy league that we're kicking off. We're also going to talk about uh, how we're going to do this pick em and how it's going to look moving forward. And then, of course, we'll bring you guys a little bit more of an update on the Raiders. He's Salim. I'm Terrell. This is our number one of Talk That Talk. As soon as we get back, plenty of NFL talk with you guys, plenty of football talk as a whole as we wrap up UNLV football. You guys stay tuned. The Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. This hotel was the largest in the world for nearly a decade. If you guys want to come visit us on Wednesdays and, sat and almost at Saturdays, on Wednesdays and Sundays, please do so at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. <coughs> Hour number two. Talk that. I'm going to open up hour number two kind of the same way I opened up hour number one. <clears throat> to my family, I love you. Love you guys beyond words. And we're going to push through. Um, I wanted to open up the second hour by actually closing out a conversation that we were having at the end of the first hour. I told you everything about UNLV and how they have a game coming up this Saturday which, of course, is 9-11 at a September 11th. Saturday, the team will be traveling up to Arizona to do battle with the Arizona State Sun Devils from Sun Devil Stadium. <laughs> Oddly enough, Salim, I didn't tell you who was starting that game. Largely in part because Marcus Arroyo didn't announce the starter now, remember, that's the same thing that happened last time. So make sure that it's actually – do you see a number at the bottom? Yeah. The red? Okay, cool. As long as you see that, it should be fine. Um, but if it keeps going black, that's a problem because you see it didn't do it during the first hour. Yeah, it didn't do it during the first time. So if it does it again, we'll, we'll just restart the stream. Obviously, we won't stop the recording over here. But um, Marcus Arroyo didn't announce who was starting for his team until Monday. Trying to figure out the best way to give you this information. Sam Gordon went ahead and interviewed the announced starter. And that person happened to be Doug Brumfield. What if I told you that Doug Brumfield told Sam Gordon, or it was reported by Sam Gordon, that he didn't know he was the starter until Marcus Arroyo made the announcement to everyone? Really caught him off guard there. Obviously paid a lot of dividends. I probably shouldn't do this, but this is what happens when people, tra when people transfer. All I could think about was the fact that Kenyon Oblad was the starting quarterback when he came, when Marcus Royal came to UNLV. And then Keen Oblad threw two passes for UNLV under under Marcus Arroyo. And he said that he never had a conversation with Marcus Arroyo until after he entered the transfer portal. And at that point, it's kind of a lopsided conversation. Marcus Arroyo was more so talking to him at that point. 
So he he started the first game last year, right? Kingy. Yeah, Kenyon. He threw two passes, and then he didn't talk to him for the rest of the season. I don't think he talked to him before the passes. I mean, that makes sense considering what we heard, you know, from. That's crazy, though. Various members of that team. And what's so interesting, too, without getting anybody in trouble, I've heard this from active members of the team who are still there. They have mentioned that let, – let, let, wait a minute. Let me make sure we do this too. I have spoken to guys who absolutely love Marcus Arroyo. Obviously, they don't love the fact that they're not winning football games, but they love Marcus Arroyo. They love what he stands for. They love what, they, well, they love what he could implement. Don't want to make it seem like it's all bad over here in, in terms of UNLV football. However, there are certain people – whether they transferred or not, who's looking at the program saying, kind of walked in with this chip on your shoulder and you kind of have nothing to show for it. And that's rubbed a lot of people wrong. Yeah. The wrong way, I should say. Now, as a college kid who hasn't done anything outside of the college level, maybe it's not your place to say but at the same time, too, we, we all have discussed plenty of times there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's 100% more than one way to coach a team. And I don't know if his philosophy has changed at all, but we do know that the way that Marcus Arroyo has led his team so far has gained him those supporters in some instances, and it has gained him a lot of vitriol in some other situations. Doug Brumfield is the scheduled starter for Arizona State. Number 23 in the nation. What do you expect from the young quarterback? Study long, study wrong. I don't know. To be honest, I, just, I really have no idea. I think Doug's starting again. Yeah. Um, Did Doug start last year? I think... Can you look that up for me on ESPN or even on UNLV football or UNLV Rebels? But um, yeah, uh, he was a freshman last year, and I didn't like. I don't think he started a game, but he played in maybe played, a couple of them. Yeah, he played in a few. I don't. I don't think he's. That bothers me. Let's see. Celine, would you ever call up your top prospect for baseball, who's a starting pitcher, and the first couple times that you put him in situations? It's like tossing them into loss to losing efforts in the sixth inning. Would you ever do that to your top prospect? No, I wouldn't. But okay. you know, people do things a little differently. I was just asking. Maybe you knew something that I didn't. While you're looking that up, we're gonna slowly transition over <sighs> to the professional ranks. He played two games last year. Both in relieving efforts. Yeah, because he only had 21 attempts total. I don't think he started either of those. Maybe one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I th I'm pretty sure Max started every game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Max started every game. Um, I know he's the only one that, that played in all six games. 
to talk about the professional ranks and to talk about the NFL's week one, which officially starts tomorrow. We are less than 24 hours from it, Celine. We are less than 24 hours from it, and we are actually less than an hour from being in the official day. We w- In 53 minutes, we will have six months. Am I right on that? I lied. Five months. Five months. Of football. Starting in 53 minutes. Good to have it back, man. Salim, you know what's so funny, and this is what lets me know that I, I did it right. I didn't listen to Kanye's last three albums because I realized, much like the NFL, I don't have to pay attention to you when you want me to. Yeah, exactly. I control me, not you. So that year that I did not watch football, which resulted in the New England Patriots winning what I was told was a quite boring Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams. Salim, it's times like this that I hate to say it, and I know those people that, that are still boycotting football can't, can't wait to have me get away from this topic. But on a night like this, all I can think about is I'm not sure how I did it. <laughs> the blood that I have pumping through me right now to watch the Cowboys <laughs> and the Buccaneers, have it has no... It has not even a small, it may, maybe a small one. Very little of this game has to do with the Green Bay Packers. And I'm so hyped for this game. And the funny thing is, you said last week, or Wednesday, well, Sunday, that was last week, that we didn't have to go through these games when we do the pick them. We're going to go through half of these anyway because we're excited for football. The funny thing is, Daryl's uh, shout out to Daryl because so much has been kind of going on in my personal life. Daryl jumped ahead and uh, started our um, talk that talk fantasy league. It is gonna be PPR. It is gonna be ESPN. Tyler and Salim will not be taking part. Salim isn't really the fantasy guy. And Tyler said he's gonna take a little hiatus after beating us in basketball. I want to throw a caveat in there real quick because it's my favorite sport Mm -hmm. and I wasn't drafting. So let me get that addressed first. I wasn't drafting. I think my first pick may have been – hell, it may have been Harden. Let's say it's James Harden. Amazing. Great. Good start. Second pick was John Moran or something. Fam, great. Mm -hmm. Give me another one. I believe my third or fourth pick, and this is no disrespect to this person because you guys know how high I am on this person. The third or fourth pick was DeMarcus Cousins. Now, if you know anything about fantasy sports, especially me, I'm probably going to go get Boogie anyway. I'm sorry, you took him uh, what, what year? This was last year. You took him with the third pick? I just told you I wasn't drafting. Okay. That is the second time in my fantasy life where I was watching a draft take place on my phone and I seen a name and I said, I have to get home. I have to do the rest of this before they ruin my team. Salim. Was it just like a random 
computerized? Yeah. Oh, okay. Celine. So I was gonna say that I didn't get home in time. <laughs> I, I I love Boogie too, but that, that not be, fourth, not third or fourth, fam. Even for you, that'd be crazy. And you guys know how I'm probably one of the biggest Boogie fans that y'all have met. Not when Devin Booker's still out there, guys. Yeah. Not no. when that. No, something has to change here. So, and I just missed another call. So this football season, I think I'm going to switch up my approach, my fantasy approach. I think I am. I don't know what it's going to result in, but I think I'm going to switch it up. Can you give us your fantasy uh, style? Uh, draft as good as I can and forget about it three weeks into the season. That's 100% yours. Wait, but do you have a method to drafting? For football, I mean, I don't, I've never really played fantasy basketball. Really? Fantasy basketball, I set mine for the week. So let's say we, let's say we started today. Let's say the season starts tomorrow, we draft today. I would set my uh, roster from Thursday to Wednesday. In doing such, I just take the NBA season by week. So if I see Chris Paul and the, and the, the Suns have the New Orleans Pelicans in week or in the first game, I'm going to start Chris Paul probably over John Moran, who's playing the Clippers. You right, get what I mean? Makes sense, yeah. So it's, you, I still try to model it as much as possible to the NFL. To the, to the NFL style of fantasy football. I will tell you one thing, Celine, that I just can't do anymore, and the people that do it, more power to you. I played fantasy baseball one year. I did well. The amount of time that I put into that season, for me not to win it, wasn't worth it. Second place wasn't worth it. Third place, whatever it was. Fantasy baseball? Was not worth it. Oh, yeah, you got to be a psycho. Because you're literally watching – like, shout out to Javi Baez because I was only great because of him. But Javi Baez, it was David Price is one of his better last years. It was one of those years where I'm looking at my team like – you got to be I'm a, a psycho for being talked into No, this. you, you got to be a psychopath to do fantasy baseball. You have to be a baseball manager or coach at some level. You have to really like this because you have to adopt – the f- now, we talk about coaching in terms of being a GM, in terms of your fantasy football team, your basketball team, whatever the case may be. No. You are really Billy Bean when you're playing Yahoo's fantasy baseball. I promise you. You got to make it work. I guess it makes certain games more fun, though. Oh, to watch? A hundred percent. Just like gambling. But it also gives you more stress unnecessarily. That's so now I'm watching too. the Chicago White Sox, watching Aloy Jimenez strike out twice. I'm pissed. I wouldn't have cared if it wasn't for this for this season. The give and take of life. <laughs> oh man, I had a couple moments. Uh, of course, we always of have these. Hmm? The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Every single season, every single game, you're gonna see it. I, I had a I had a moment last year, or a couple years ago, where I was losing in my fantasy week. The Packers had a big game coming up against the Saints, but I had Marcus Colston in my starting lineup. Guys, I'm a Packer fan. I'm sitting here like Packers need to win regardless. Don't give up no running yards. Let Marcus Coaston do his thing. But <laughs> don't lose the game. Fantasy sports is such a weird spot to be in. And I say that to say as well, my dad 
loves to send me his fantasy team every year. My dad has at least four Dallas Cowboys on his fantasy team every year. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. My dad had Dak Prescott last year. He had Michael Gallup. He had Tony Pollard. Okay. And he may have had Dan Bailey. And I just was like that. Now, I told him, when it comes to basketball, my dad's favorite sport is not basketball. My dad's favorite sport is football. We're different in a sense. He loves telling me this. We're different in a sense. I'm watching this right now. I cut this on the middle of the screen for a reason. We're watching game five of the Western Conference Finals from 2002. Celine. If the big three was on, it would be on. If Jay Williams' greatest games from Duke was on, it would be on. My dad always laughs at me and says, you will watch two high school teams play basketball rather than watch two NFL teams that you don't care about. You're absolutely right. But my dad, on the opposite side, would watch high school football than watch the Bucks play the Pacers. I got to give it up to both of you guys because I can't watch high school sports. Like, I'm sorry. Really? It's ass, bro. I disagree so much right now. And I don't want to talk about Florida because I don't know much about Florida, but we have some premier NBA, or excuse me, some premier high school teams. I mean, there's great high school football in Florida, don't get me wrong, but it's just like you've seen a couple games, you've seen them all. Where's Oak Hill Academy? Oak Hill. Where's Mount Verde? Oak Hill, the basketball school. I think it's in like. Is it Virginia? I think it's Virginia. Because Melo's from Baltimore. And he played at Oak Hill. Where? Austin River? Yeah. IMG is in Florida, correct? Austin River. IMG. Yeah, IMG's in Florida, yeah. So I knew one of them damn West, academies was in Florida. West Florida. So. Uh, yeah, Oak Hill's in Virginia. Okay. Good call, because you said that before you looked it up. Um, so, we're, we're just kind of shooting it back and forth right now, speaking about fantasy sports. And that's the way that it is. So, I tell my dad all the time, when I look at your team and I see four Dallas Cowboys, I tell my dad, you watch other teams. You know who Mike Gusecki is. Like, you know who Jaden Graham is from the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons. Like, you know who Rashad Penny is from the the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Was he available when you took Tony Pollard? Like, these are the questions that I have for my dad. And it never fails. And me, I'm the exact opposite. I tr- unless it's Aaron Rodgers, I'm probably avoiding the person. The year that I had Aaron Rodgers, uh, oh, I always butcher his first name too, Equiminus, St. Brown. Um, and I had Jimmy Graham one year. Didn't do that well. So I don't see myself loading my team with Packers. However, I will say this one thing. Shout out to my guy, Cal Wheeler, who played, a, a, had a fantasy football league with us at Buffalo Wild Wings back home. And you know what? Cal is from Georgia. And he was a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Huge Atlanta Falcon fan. Huge Hawks fan. I watched Cal's first three picks of his draft, 
be running backs. We're in three rounds, and he has three running backs on his board. We start to look around and say, Cal doesn't know what he's doing. By the time we got to round five, we looked at the rest of the running backs that were left and said, we have to trade with Cal. We have no choice. He's not worried about getting a quarterback because there's 32 of them. Now, in terms of these elite running backs, how many do you have? There's 32 quarterbacks guaranteed. Right. You have – and keep in mind, when I say elite, we're talking fantasy sports-wise. PPR league. That's reception. Yeah, it's points per reception. So, if that's – Ten elite quarterbacks. Slot guys. If that's ten elite quarterbacks, maybe 12 out of the 32, how many elite running backs do we have in the NFL? Five? Four? Four or five elite ones? Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley went healthy, Christian McCaffrey. I said Derrick Henry already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said Derrick Henry first. Ezekiel Elliott? Dalvin Cook? Yeah, Dalvin Cook, definitely. So where are we at? Six? And that's six with the healthy Saquon. So that's five without Saquon. Yeah, Ezekiel, I don't know. I think Aaron Jones is top tier, and he's going to prove it again this year. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. We'll see. Aaron Jones is great. Um, I feel like there has to be more than that, right? You would think, right? I I feel like we're missing some. Go through the list. But, yeah, you're probably right. Let's go go through and name some of the starters. Let's just do that. Um, Devin Singletary in bu- in Buffalo. He's good. Jerome Robinson in Jacksonville, both good. Good, good not. Elite. Josh Jacobs. Good. good. I wouldn't say he's elite. Everybody I just named, really good running backs. Probably not elite. So I think as I've learned and gone through this fantasy career. The running back might be the most valuable position in fantasy sports. I'm not giving you guys something else in terms of my my methodology over here and why my brain works the way that it does. Um, let's see. Does Miles Sanders still play for Philly? He's good. Yes. Yes. Not elite, but he's good. They have Corey Clement. They have Miles Sanders, and they also have Elijah Holyfield, I believe. They may have uh, released Elijah Holyfield, but they, they – I mean, the Eagles have done that for quite some time, though. Added a bunch of running backs that can kind of – Nick Chubb. He's on the cusp, right? I'm not going to hold you, brother. If he's not there, I would say he's the first one in the next tier. That's what I – yeah. If he's not there, he's first one in the next tier. Huh, you, you, you think to yourself, like, there's got to be more elite guys in this, and you, you're right. There's just not – and again, Christian McCaffrey, no disrespect to him, but I'm going to probably piss off some Carolina fans later on. Spoiler alert, guys. I'm taking Zach Wilson in the Jets in game one. Sam Darnold revenge game? Could be. Very much so could be. I would feel better if it was in New York, but it's actually in Carolina, so I think that's why the revenge game won't happen. Yeah, but he, yeah. he, he's not there hearing the, the, the boo. He's not, he's not catching all of that. For what it's worth – I think a lot of teams are going to force Sam Darnold to beat them, which means that every defense primary key is going to be slowing down run CMC. We'll get to that a little and bit run later. Run CMC has had a lot of injury injuries. I mean, 
I, I hope that guy can stay healthy. He's a lot of fun to watch. But again, we I'm gonna and I'm not trying to do this. In order for him to get healthy, he has to get out of Carolina. Mm. Yeah, or they need to be really bad and get a number one overall pick as a quarterback. Or else he needs to get out of there now. Yeah, because, I mean. Defenses are just going to load up on him. Let me look up his age real quick. Let's do it. And we already know running backs don't last. He's He turned 25 a couple months ago, so he's still pretty young. He's extremely young. Yeah, I thought he was way older than that. I would assume he has at least four could have at least four more elite years. And keep in mind, we're talking to NFL, and at 29, he should be in the middle of his athletic prom. Yeah, he turned 25 in June. So, he's definitely... 25? Yeah, he's. I thought he was like 27, honestly. And Christian McCaffrey didn't play a lot last year either. He was dealing with some injuries. This is this may be borderline twenty four and a half year old Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and you know, I'm just the production. I mean, all right, twenty twenty he didn't really play, so we're gonna just toss that out. But Christian, I'm thinking about Darnold. Sorry. Okay. Twenty nineteen, right? Two hundred eighty seven carries. Two hundred eighty seven. 287 carries for 1,387 yards. Say the yards again? 1,387 yards. 1,387 on 187 carries? Yep. 287. So 4.8 4. yards attempt. Did you see, I was sitting here like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. He had receiving that year 116 catches and 1,000 yards receiving. And... All together with receiving and rushing 19 touchdowns. Like, what? Is Twitch on? I don't think so. Can we, uh, let's, 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 like, any, anytime it goes off, let's just restart it. Because there are people that are watching and texting me about it. Um, again, I don't, I don't know what to say about it, only because. It's the it's the Charles Williams effect. I don't know what your quarterback is gonna do, but he's gonna have to show me. You won't beat us. And even then, you got Charles racking up 172 yards on 27 touches, two touchdowns, and his team still loses by two. And I think the glaring issue when you look at that is quarterback play. Defensive line looked good. Secondary gave you two picks. Quarterback play. I think the NFL is its more than anything going to also boil, uh, boil down to that as well. Now let's do it. I think now is the pick em time. And I'm going to also try to get everybody's pick em throughout the week, or excuse me, uh, before tomorrow for the week. Because what I think I want to do, we haven't, we're not going to do it this time yet. Because I want everybody to learn how it works. But I learned something Working security, and we had a we had a pool going. We had an NFL pool going, where you would hand in your picks for the week. Simply put, Salim, you just add the scores up every week, and then obviously when we get down to postseason time, week set, sixteen, seventeen, we start to eliminate people from the bottom up. Now, when you get to postseason, not only can you do you got to give us winners, you got to give us point differential. 
So then it's the Packers by six. And if you have the Packers by three and we win by four, Celine, that's yours. You got that one. That's interesting. So we're going to do it this year with no money involved. But what I learned from doing this security uh, pot, $5 from every person every week. Typically doesn't seem like much until you look at week 17 and you realize what you're playing for in the postseason. That $5 from every person every week for at the time 17 weeks, now it'll be 18. That pot gets a little hefty at the end of it. 18 times 5 is $90 a piece. And I believe we had eight people. So 190 times 8. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. So, we're going to get into this really quick. <laughs> I should have fun with this one. Salim, you and me, we're going to give our picks right now. The NFL season begins tomorrow with the reigning defending Super Bowl champions, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they will take on the Dallas Cowboys. I do think Dallas will be good this year. They will shock a lot of people this year. I did have the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and it didn't look too great. So, am I the only one to feel like the Brady-led Bucks will open this season 1-0? No, I think they're going to win, yeah. I think I got I – got. So, let's talk a little bit about this number. And like I said before, you can close the app completely, like double-click the button – Close the app completely and open it back up fresh because I think that's what we're going to have to start doing after every hour. But um, unless we're doing it for something else. Now, the number of minus seven and a half, that seven and a half number is what the Tampa Bay Bucks are favored by. Does that sound about right to you? Safe. Some safe bets. Some safe bets. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit more for a quick second. The Tampa Bay Bucks are returning all 22 of their starters from their Super Bowl team. The Dallas Cowboys will be getting back Dak Prescott from a horrific ankle injury. You haven't watched Hard Knocks yet. No, I didn't watch it this year. Um, I got to make sure you watch that. Did I tell you how it opens up? No. So the staff knows for a fact that um, I've been infatuated with documentaries my entire life, but much more recently. I don't know really why, but the past four or five years or so, I've been really, really embedded in documentaries. And I think Hard Knocks is one of the dopest forms of documentary. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Because yeah. it literally takes you step by step through preparation. And it may not sound like much, but if you're a traditional sports fan, and especially if you played sports, you just you get to see it from that level and aspect the game. I'm always interested with the way docs open. 
I'm always interested because you're telling a story, and if we want to tell the Marcus Arroyo story, somewhere down the line, the Marcus Arroyo era in terms of UNLV football, somewhere down the line we would have to talk about Tony Sanchez. Just certain things, it would be impossible to tell Marcus Arroyo's UNLV story without mentioning Desiree Reed Francois. It's impossible to tell certain stories without mentioning certain things. So I say all of that to say, this documentary opens, this is gonna sound crazy. This documentary opens with the visual of a foot. And it may sound crazy only because it's, whether it's cowboy slides, Nike slides, whatever the case may be, there's slides, slippers, house shoes, flip flops, whatever you wanna call them. I know everybody calls them diff something different. And you see two small incisions, or two I should say two small scars. And you hear somebody explaining the surgery. And he begins to take his finger and run it across the scar. He explains that after the first surgery, there was some slight, slight, complications and they had to have a second procedure and he pointed to the second scar and he said that created the wishbone so now the two scars on his ankle resemble a wishbone in the first two minutes of watching hard knocks Dak Prescott looks in the camera and, and then looks around and looks at the team and says we never told anybody that. Nobody knows that when Dak Prescott fractured his ankle, he had two surgeries to repair that ankle. It was a severe ankle injury. They don't get more severe. That's the way the doc start. The, the doc. That's the way hard knock starts. That's intense. I like that though. That's insane. We talk about storytelling. The story wrote itself. He got injured, missed the season. The team turned out to get to, to do what they do. He got his contract. All of that is the story. How do you start it? I can't, I can't commend the team at, at, at HBO any more than that. I was two minutes into the video and, or into the show and looked around and was like, if you've ever dealt with a sports injury, you're two minutes in, like, I just want this guy to succeed. Do you think it'll be, like, available on some? I will make sure you watch it. All right. I will send you what I need to send you to make sure you watch Thank it. Thank you. I'm going to hold you to that because I really love Hard Knocks. It, it is on um, – typically, I don't know how long it takes, but I have, of course, watching this year's. I've gone back to YouTube and just watched as many that are on there. They do have a lot of uh, full ones on there as well. So – um. I expect Dak Prescott to surprise people this year. I don't know if it would be so much of a surprise, but I expect him to be back to what he was last year. I do. I think, yeah, he's going to go crazy. I think he's going to show people that he's built a little different. And, and and not to sound like that, because we've already talked about and detailed a lot of the hardships that Dak Prescott has dealt with in his life. From losing his mom to losing his brother to breaking his ankle. 
everything in Dak Prescott's life and or career has shown me to not bet against him. And I stand by that. I told my dad after watching him take over for Tony Romo, I don't know if he wins it in Dallas. Dak Prescott is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I believe we're going to see it. I don't know if it happens in Dallas, but I believe I we see Dak it. I think Dak can get a ring for sure. He's definitely good enough to. 100%. With Dallas. That remains to be seen. Yeah, when he's putting up 42 and Cleveland hung 45 on the defense, yeah, I have a problem with this. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I have a problem with this. So let's go ahead and move on. Sad to say that we, we said all that about Dak Prescott and we think he's going to start his return campaign 0-1, but that's what you and me do believe. Uh, Bucks cover, 7.5? That I, I, I don't know. With I the think covers for today, I'm going to stay away from them. Really? Because of week one? Yeah. I think for the first two weeks you're going to stay yeah, away from them. Yeah, for the them. first two weeks, because I, I have no idea. It'd just literally be blind guessing. <laughs> What's that I scared? What's that I smell? Do I smell somebody that's scared? Yeah, you do. I don't know. Anyway, let's speak about a game that I am kind of scared to talk about. I don't want to bet against Pittsburgh, but I'm doing it. I'm taking Buffalo in week one. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Are you? Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's going to, unfortunately. Well, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, so obviously, you know. You got to deal with it, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I'm never going to root for uh, the Steelers while they have uh, a certain player under center. The interesting part is some things can't be taken back once they're said. And I get my friend Taylor Lane isn't on – she doesn't have a platform like this where she's talking twice a week about her Steelers, her Celtics, whatever the case may be. Interesting pair, right? Um, Yeah, that's a – she isn't. Yeah, I couldn't be around that. Person. I couldn't talk. I can't talk sports with her. It's so, and all she wants to do is talk sports, and it just it sucks the life out of me. I just look at her and I'm just like, you're so spoiled as a fan. You Not irritate even that, me. Just like the like Boston the, and Pittsburgh. Wasn't that? Are you a Yankees fan too? Or are you? I don't even know if she watches baseball. I need to text her and figure Twist it out. Twist the knife. Ew. I don't think it's the Yankees. Yuck. I don't think it's baseball at all. But if it is, it better not be the Yankees. Um. But certain things that, that are said can't be taken back. And she has mentioned, and we are actually are going to have to run through these. Um, she's mentioned that she didn't want Juju back. And Big Ben needed to retire. And if he didn't retire, they needed to cut him. Both are still there. And if she plans on being good, she has to root for both. It's so crazy that Juju's still there. Cause I feel, I and he took less money to stay there. I keep feeling like, no, Juju went somewhere. I just can't remember where. And then, no, he's still there. He, wait. I think it might be good that nobody's talking about him, though. Wait. I know Ben reduced his salary. Juju as well? Juju got offered more money. I don't want to say which team it was because I could be wrong, but he got offered more money from another team oh, okay. and chose to stay. He, he got offered a better deal in general. It was a multi-year deal for more money, but he opted not to do it because he felt one more season in Pittsburgh – could net him that big contract in Pittsburgh. So I like him betting on him. I like the attention not being on him going into the year as well. I I expect Juju to improve. I just don't know how much you can improve with a quarterback that's declining. Yeah, I mean. That we believe is declining. Let's say that. Yeah, I, I just in this game, I do have Pittsburgh winning. I like it. And I'm taking Buffalo. 
I already talked about this one. I said I'm taking the Jets over the Panthers, even though the Panthers are at home and they're favored by four and a half. What you got? Uh, I got the Panthers in this one. I like the fact that we're going back and forth now. This game is going to be one of the ugliest games of, of week one. I like Tyrod Taylor. I hope he can shock somebody. I'm going to go Tyrod Taylor and the Houston Texans at home to upset the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is that an upset? Anyway. Yeah, ki- I mean, kind of. But I got, I got Jacksonville. We- I'm we, not doing we, it on purpose. We've agreed once. Like, I, I, I expected you. This the way that you game. nodded your head after the Tyrod Taylor thing, I thought you were on my side. I did. And you know. I like what you had to say. <laughs> um, I told you guys I do expect the Arizona Cardinals because they're over-under. I think it was kind of weird, but it was eight, I think, or something like that, eight and a half. And I said take the over. I said I don't know if they're going to make the postseason, but that NFC West is loaded, and I expect this Arizona Cardinal team to make some noise. <sighs> I will say I wanted to pick them in week one until I saw that this game takes place in Tennessee. I'm going Titans. Me too. I was so worried that you were going to take Arizona. I'm like, no, we can't disagree again. Nah, man, I was going to do it until I figured out that it was a home game for the Titans. I don't think I can do that. Uh, fourth time, I believe, in week one in NFL history that you have the reigning offensive rookie of the year squaring off against the reigning defensive rookie of the year. I'm not betting against Chase Young, guys, even though Ju- even though Justin Herbert is who he is. That minute, or excuse me, that uh, Washington defense is going to improve this year off of Chase Young's back alone. And they were really good last year. Absolutely. I don't know what the quarterback play is going to look like. I don't know what the offense is going to look like as a whole. Taylor Heineke, I believe. So now they got a dual threat quarterback, though. So they have a quarterback that will use his legs. I'm not sure what that offense looks like as a whole. I'm going to go ahead and take another shocker in this week one. I'm going to take Washington. Yeah, this one I have no idea. Uh, I'll take Los Angeles. All right. But I. Moving a little quicker in this situation. I like Jalen Hurts, guys, and as much as I love Matt Ryan, I think his time in Atlanta is slowly fizzling, and I don't believe he's there next year. So I don't believe that this season looks too good for him. I'm going to go ahead and go Philly in week one. Atlanta. (sighs) Only because we don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. Salim, I think this is one that we will agree on. Yeah, I'm taking Seattle. We're taking Seattle on the road in Indianapolis and watch the coach win because we had no conversation about that game. Yeah. Uh, I'm never rooting for the Purple People Eaters. It's Minnesota. I'm never rooting for the Purple People Eaters. No, but we can. I'm going to go for a Joe Burrow week one stunning outing. I know that they said that in, in, in uh, practice so far. I don't want to speak negativity out there, but they said that he – he looked horrific. That doesn't mean. Look, at the end of the go day, go ahead and say it. That at the end of the day, he can still go out in the regular season and ball out. Absolutely. You know, because practice. I mean, we're talking about practice. Talking about practice here. Not a game. Practice. Not a game. Practice. Practice. <laughs> Shout out to the legendary AI. And I said all of that to say there will be times that I will pick Minnesota this year. And because it's week one, and you got to jump out the window, I'm gonna go ahead and do what I said, man. You can pick the Vikings. I'm going to take the Bengals. Um, I do think that's one that may not go in my favor, and I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. This next game. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is starting. According to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and the team's unofficial. (laughs) That that was so funny. According to Jimmy Garoppolo, because Trey Lance is going to be their starter by the end of the year. 
Celtics. Yeah, I think so. So, we still say all of that to well, say. It depends. I think he will be. I think if I think Kyle Shanahan is going to want to open that playbook playbook fully, and he can't do it with Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy's healthy and the Niners are in good position record wise, yeah, I that I don't see, but one of those two will probably not happen. Unfortunately, let's say they're nine and four, and Jimmy Garoppolo has a terrible game, and they drop to nine and five. They have they let's let's say some of the games they won earlier in the year. Jimmy Garoppolo, let's say he passes for two hundred and eighteen yards. Okay, then I could see it. Kyle Shanahan may be looking at that record like Jimmy you're not the reason hurt. why we have this record. I hope Jimmy doesn't get hurt. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah. So I think do we both have San Francisco here? I think we both have San Francisco yeah. here because do we both agree that the Detroit Lions will be the worst team in professional football this year? If if it's not them, then uh, it's either. It's Houston, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, keep forget, I keep forgetting Houston, how bad Houston's, Houston is right maybe now. Maybe Jacksonville right above them. I like it. Uh, we only have six more games left. And this next one, I think, is, is going to be really, really interesting for people to talk about. But I think it's always going to yeah. end in, in one It'll lopsided cool way. It'll be to talk about, but I, th- I think the game is going to go in the Chiefs' way. And I think it'll be pretty lopsided when we're all said and done with it. This game is a little more interesting now that Cam Newton is no longer in New England. We have Mac Jones squaring off against your Tua Tagovailoa. I think I think Tua is going to be – oh, look, he's showing injury. I think Tua is going to be better this year, considering a lot of the conversation that's been surrounding him. I don't know what that matters, and I don't know what that looks like for him to be better. But um, I do think that week one, ironically enough, by the time that we're done with it, it will be dominated with Mac Jones' headlines. I don't think I'm going to take the Patriots. I understand. Typically, uh, you know, Miami going to New England over the past 20 years, it just – it's never good. Doesn't they work. They just don't play well in New England. Doesn't matter who's under se- – even if Brady missed a game, didn't matter. Um, I'm still not picking against the Dolphins in week one. Even if I'm wrong, I don't care. I love it. So now here's a depressing game. I wonder who Tyler has. Um, I have too much faith in this in this uh, giant defense. However, Broncos defense. Man. I said giant defense. Broncos defense. Oh, excuse okay. me. Broncos defense. However, the Giants defense they did allow. I believe they were top ten in rush yards allowed last season. So that is something to pay attention to. However. Joe Judge is what I like about the Giants. I didn't think I was going to like that higher, but I like the way that he has them playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Even um, the games that they lose, the Giants, there's a there's a more concerted effort. Probably the reason why Tyler is no longer a Giant fan, it appears to have changed a little bit last year. So I'm a little up in, up in, up in arms about where to go with this one. I should go with my analytical brain and pick the Broncos defense, but I'm going to pick the mojo, and I think I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm looking to see if Saquon is going to play. They held him out, I, I think, so he could play. If he doesn't play, they're in trouble. Yeah, so. Hell, if he plays, they saying. might be in trouble. They're still not saying. He's still, I guess, questionable. or. Uh, but that's tough. If he plays, I, I would take the Giants. Okay. And if he doesn't, you're taking the Broncos? Because I think it's that close. So you better figure it out. I'll put you in the middle for now, but before Sunday, you got to tell us. I'll take the Broncos. Yeah? Teddy and the defense. Yeah, I'll take the Broncos. 
even though he's an ex-Viking, I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. We'll see how that goes. Oh, Teddy's awesome. Um, defense will probably lead the uh, run, rule the day in this uh, Sunday night football game. Actually, before we get to Sunday night football game, let's get to the last one o'clock game. It is in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a little bit of a switch up for the New Orleans Saints, but the New Orleans Saints will be hosting my Green Bay Packers in Jacksonville. I don't care where you play. I think James is going to have a great year, but I think Aaron Rodgers is out to set some 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 pretty remarkable records, and I think starting the season one and zero is the way to do it. Yeah, I, I got the Packers in this one. Uh, the Rams and the in the Bears. Were what I was actually talking about in terms of the Sunday night football game, the Rams being at home, led by Aaron Donald. New quarterback under center in Matthew Stafford. I think they have too much stuff going for him in SoFi Stadium. Yeah. I think the, I think the Bears fall short. Especially at home. Yeah, I got the Rams in this one. I thought you were gonna say especially with Andy Dalton starting. I was really high on Andy Dalton two Andy Dalton two years ago. Even last year, I was still pretty high Man, on him. I thought him. you were crazy for that. It, no, because see, here's the thing, and I'm not gonna explain myself bro, too lo- too bro, much. He's not the greatest quarterback, but he's also not the worst. If this was 2013 or 2014, you're with it. I'm fully because he was a very good quarterback then. You also had a healthy AJ Green. Absolutely, but you look at 2013, 2014. Andy Dalton was very fucking good. Oh, sorry, sorry. We've done pretty well. Sorry, that, that was my bad. Um, he was very good. But anyway, call him the red rifle. On Andy Dalton, although I do want Justin Fields to be the starter. Justin Fields will be the starter before the f- before the second quarter of the season starts. Justin Fields will be the starter, I believe. I don't believe Matt Nagy can 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 Matt Nagy won't finish the season. Wait, you said the sec? Oh, you mean second quarter of the season? Oh, not the game, not the game. Oh, okay. So what is like, the what? Dang. What's the way that the quarters are set up now? It's it's still four games, right? Yeah. So after the first four or five games, yeah, you'll see Justin Fields in the starting lineup. I believe only because I don't believe Matt Nagy trusts that he'll last the full season. So you might as well. Yeah, you might day. as well just go see what you got. <laughs> might as well. Uh, so would you say you took the Rams with me? Yeah. And then this Sunday night game, if you are listening to this and you are a Las Vegas Raider fan and you know that I have blood ties to the Las Vegas Raiders and the Las Vegas Raiders won their home opener on Monday Night Football last year, if you agree with all of those things, unfortunately, I'm going to need you to close your ears because I don't think it happens two years in a row. And I think Lamar Jackson, who also, similar to Aaron Rodgers, is out here to prove a couple things. I think Lamar Jackson starts out his season 0-1 with a win in Allegiant Stadium. 0-1? 1-0, excuse 1-0. me. 1-0, pardon. Yeah, I got Baltimore as well. I'm pretty sure Duna's is going to have Baltimore as well. Yeah, that we would be a real big mystery to see who Duna would pick. I wonder who he's going to pick. I think I know who he's going to pick, but ah, it's impossible to tell. Yeah, it's, that's a difficult one, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm loving these. Uh, I, I think – by the end of this season, we'll have some pretty some pretty gaudy standings. Uh, I'm excited to see where all of this ends up and uh, who ends up in the postseason standings and who ends up winning it all at the end of it. My dad's tip in today is about a man that <laughs> I have several ties to. Shout out to the city of Inglewood, but my dad's tip in is about Paul Pierce. And my dad said, Paul Pierce is wilding out. He said, now Paul Pierce's latest outrageous actions are starting to make sense. He said, he just doesn't care what people think. Whether it's a good or a bad thing, it's up to your personal interpretation. Pierce was fired from ESPN in April after an Instagram post showed him surrounded by strippers, among other things. If you think that he might be embarrassed or maybe he just made a mistake, it's quite the opposite. 
He said that him and ESPN were, quote, a bad fit and that the split was inevitable. It's reported that he hated to travel, and ESPN exec said that he didn't work hard enough. Paul Pierce also said that there's a lot of things going on at ESPN that you can't talk about, and he especially didn't like the fact that he says, quote, you have to talk about LeBron all the time. Well, Paul. I mean, oh, you want to let him finish? You want to you want to jump in now? Oh, let him finish in. My dad said, well, Paul, why don't you tell us how you really feel? He said all of this is preceding him making it into the NBA Hall of Fame on his first ballot. He said, if you think that Pierce is apologetic about his latest antics, which most recently includes Oh, which most recently includes vulgar remarks toward a waitress at a recent poker game. Not at all. He even emphasized the fact that he is that what he's doing now, lots of people around him are doing it, and they're married. He states that he's divorced, a single man, and enjoying his life. Love him or hate him, right or wrong, Paul Pierce is speaking his truth. I don't like that. I've never liked it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. So you're not with your dad on this one? I don't like it. I'm with Paul Pierce speaking his truth. The thing that I don't like, do what you do and stand on it. Don't bring nobody else into your shit. Yeah, that, that's, I didn't like that either. I don't like it. And then, and then uh, Those same people that may have been at that poker game with you, guess what? They didn't have a phone in their face, in their face or they made it a point to not get in front of your phone. So even though you didn't say names to me, Paul Pierce, I don't like that. Especially yeah. if you're going, if you're trying to live your moniker of the truth and you're living your truth, nobody else's truth should matter. As a Heath fan, I don't feel like I even need to say that I'm not a big fan of Paul Pierce. Good point. As a player or. Never really registered to me. Person. I love Paul Pierce. Yeah. No, I don't like him at all. Um, Don't like him one bit. You have some bad memories about Paul Pierce, don't you? I don't like that, man. But anywho, um, yeah, he's a clown. <laughs> anyway, I'm never gonna defend uh, a person disrespecting a waitress ever, in li- a woman in general. Yeah, but especially anybody in the service industry, and we talk about that a lot. The way you deal with pe- and treat people in the service industry tells us about who you are as a person. I can't stand when I'm out with people and when we're out, when we're out eating. Shout out to Pre. Shout out to my homegirl, Pre. Um, when we go out and eat, we both set the table together, like when we're done. And I don't think she ever used to, but I used to serve. So I told her, when I walk by a table that I just got through serving and I see that everything is stacked up, I nod my head and I go, you know what? Those are some pretty decent people. It's a nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. So I don't know the specifics of Paul Pierce's situation. Speaking of Paul Pierce. All over the screen. But even with that, I don't need to know what happened to know that, Paul Pierce, if the waitress was wrong, 
And hell, let me go ahead and just let the cat out the bag. Even if she wasn't, you were going to get what you wanted. I don't even know the situation. So I'm probably out of line for speaking about it, and I will take that on the nose. But Paul Pierce, I'm pretty sure I could take a shot in the dark and say that right or wrong, you were going to get what you wanted over that, over that young lady. Yeah, power dynamics. So you speak of power dynamics, they could have still been on full display. Yeah. And that's another conversation to have. I won't be having it here, and I won't be having it now. Salim, you got anything else for us? Let's get the hell out of here, man. Let's do it. Uh, long day. It's extremely long day. Um, once again, I don't think I've called her my cousin since she became my god sister. I do want to say rest in peace to Evelyn one more time. Um, have no more words. Again, similar to the way we started the show, we're going to end the show in complete silence. To my sister, I love you. I appreciate you. I adore you. Uh, save a spot for me. Save a spot for us. Until next time.